Well, hey, good morning. Good to be with you today, huh? Uh, I was uh, wanted to say hello to those who are joining in online. Thanks for being with us and those at the Medina campus. Isn't this cool that we get to celebrate with uh, people who are worshiping the same God that we are in the same way uh, just because of technology? I think it's awesome. Um, I was thinking today as we were singing one of those songs, one day uh, we are going to spend eternity together in heaven. I mean, is that not going to be cool to see Jesus' face for the first time? And so when we go there, like our church, if you're looking for me, don't look at the house, apparently he's got ready for me, okay, or the apartment complex, whatever it is, or senior housing, but don't, whatever he's got ready for me, don't look there, because I'll tell you where I'm going to be. I've always wanted to be a greeter at the church, so I'll be in the foyer of heaven, just keep looking around there, all right, and then you'll find me there, but it's good to be with you and to celebrate Jesus. So we're in this series called, Who Is He? Who is Jesus? And the key thought of this series is this, that who we say Jesus is, is the most important thing about us today. It's the most important thing about us. So week one, we said that, who is Jesus? I mean, is he God, or is he a good man, or is he both? And I made a case that he's both. He's God in human flesh, yes. And the second week, we talked about who's Jesus. Is he friend or foe? I made a case that he can be the best friend you're ever going to have in your life. Last week we talked about who's Jesus. Is he law or is he love and light? And so, you know, by the way, law is like important, you know, because it keeps us in the it keeps us in the boundaries and it lets us know if we step out of line, you know, and he puts us there. But his love is incredible because in the middle of some of those times where we wander off the path, it's his love that just pursues us and comes after us. And so uh, but unless we realize, right, that we're sinners, we're gonna never see our need for a savior. And if we have one thing in common today, we're all sinners, yeah? Saved by the love of God. So uh, some of you are trying to catch up with that idea, but just think about it today. We are. Uh, So uh, here we go. This is today, right? Who's Jesus? Is he a way or is he the way? Yeah, the way. So let's, let's, let's get started, right? There's a common cultural belief that we have. Uh, You may have said it, and certainly some people around us have said it, and this is what it is. Literally, you know, this has been said around the world. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. If you're just sincere, believe anything. Now, many like the sound of that. It sounds like, you know, cool, God's really open-minded. He just lets us choose what we believe. All faiths kind of lead to heaven. I'll dismantle that in a minute. But uh, just pick one that fits you, and I hope you feel good, and let's sing Kumbaya, huh? I wish it was that way. Yeah, so today, though, spiritual diversity is, uh, is important to cultures. Like, who am I to tell you what to believe? This one girl was talking about, she's a college student, she said, uh, I have a professor that does not believe in God. I have a roommate who's part of a different religion. I have a boyfriend that has taken stuff from all religions and designed his own religion. I have, what a day, she said, that we live in. It's kind of like a spiritual smorgasbord, you know? And she continued, she said, and I think God's cool with all that. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Well, that may be cool to us, but he ain't cool with all that, Okay. And so we got to talk about that today. What's interesting to me, though, is basic spirituality. In other words, the word God is okay in our culture. You know, I, I think most people believe in God or a higher power. You know, at great sporting events, when a player has a, a good game, 
uh, it's not uncommon for them to give thanks to God afterwards at the Grammy Awards. It's not un unusual for them to say, I want to thank my producer, I want to thank my family, and I want to thank God. Talk shows, news stations talk about God. You, you talk about a higher power, and almost no one denies the existence of Jesus. And they may not like Christians, but they like Jesus. They really believe he was a good teacher, a healer. He helped the poor. I like what he said about forgiveness. Here's the catch. You ready? People get upset when they learn that Jesus said he was the exclusive way to heaven. Mm. Now we're going counter culture. See, I'll read a verse out loud in a second, but I want to give you a little background. Jesus is leaving earth. He's spending time with his disciples. He's telling them what's going to happen. He says, by the way, I'm, I'm going. He said, I'm coming back after you, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know how to get there. And, and Thomas goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get there. And then Jesus made what I call a controversial statement. You ready? Here's what he said. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Boom. Houston, we have a problem. Hmm? Yeah, just, Jesus just set himself apart from every other religion. And he makes this exclusive claim in which he says, I am the way. No one gets there except by me. Now, a lot of people don't like that. They don't like that exclusive statement. Can I just give you a snapshot, though? Can I just give you a snapshot of some other religions? Because what we know about all the main religions of the world is they're not all the same. They don't all believe the same thing. And because they don't all believe the same thing, listen close, they can't all be right. They can't all be right. And so let's look at some other religions. Here we go. Ready? This is just a snapshot. Buddhism. Here we go. No God, no heaven, just countless rebirths. After we die, we are reborn into something or someone else. If you don't like this life, hold on. You're going to get another one and another one and another one. You're going to get reborn and reborn and reborn. Now, I don't know about you. That tires me out. The first birth was enough for me. <laughs> I'm ready for the birth thing to be over. So how about Hinduism, right? Uh, impersonal God. We approach God through statues and idols. Now, Hindus are different than Buddhists. Hindus believe in God. Buddhists don't. But Hindus, you can't access God directly. You have to go through a statue or an idol to be in touch with him. And neither one of those, Buddhism or Hinduism, offers forgiveness, sin, or supernatural help. This is a word that's popular in, all the, in those two religions. You ready? Karma. If you do bad things, bad things happen. If you do good things, good things happen. And so in other words, in both those situations, we control what happens to us. Right? We control our destiny. So here's another one, Muslims. Uh, the religion is Islam. Worship Allah, <clears throat> who's a personal God. Your standing with God depends on what you do. But it leaves you hanging. Because when anything depends on what we do, here's the question. How do you know when it's good enough? How do you know when it's good enough? And so we hang in the balance our whole life to find out if we were good enough. Then this one's really popular. I think it must have started on the West Coast. 
I think it started in Hollywood. The New Age Movement. Have you heard of it? So there is no God. Check this out. How do you like this one? We're all mini-gods. I mean, sometimes we think that, don't we? <laughs> okay, not you. But anyway, you know, uh, sometimes we think that, but we're all gods, and we set our own destiny, right? It's kind of has this narcissistic bent. We are the end, end all, and everything evolves around us. Then there's Christianity. Christianity, personal God, a Savior named Jesus. He died for us, he loves us, and he forgives us. Now, <clears throat> it's free, the forgiveness. It's not based on religious efforts. It's not because we're good enough. See, just by that little exercise, they are not all the same. Therefore, they can't all be right. Therefore, they can't all lead to the same place. Does that make sense? Are you with me? All right, here we go. So, uh, it matters what we believe. So the rest of the time, I want to make a case for Jesus being not just a way, but him being the way. For some of us, this is going to be a challenge, right? Because this morning, you just came to church. Maybe you came for the baptism. Maybe you came just with a friend to check it out. And it's going to be difficult because up to this point, religion and faith have not been that important to you. Or maybe this. Maybe you're a Christian, a believer in Jesus, but you're not at that point where you want to say it's exclusive. Or maybe you're a believer and this just strengthens kind of your faith. So... Uh, I'm asking all of us to consider Jesus. Let me tell you what I'm not asking you to do. I am not asking you to buy into our church, although I hope you like it. I'm not asking you to buy into Christianity because Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came for a relationship, but the fact is that he came to offer us love and to offer us forgiveness, and he offers it to everyone who's far from God. So, I say, let's focus on Jesus for a little bit. Is that all right? So consider Jesus, right? Consider Jesus. Consider the ministry of Jesus when you're thinking about faith. This next verse, right, we're going to read the whole thing, but I want you to pay attention to the last two sentences. So here we go. When the teachers of the law and were, uh, who were Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, <laughs> this would have been a bad day to work for the IRS, huh? <laughs> Look how they're associated. We got sinners and we got... Tax collectors. <laughs> they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, some religious leaders were having trouble because he was hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. They asked him why he did it, and he said, I, I, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. He says, I didn't come for the righteous, I came for the sinners. You know who he came for? People like you and me. <laughs> People that don't, don't always get it right. People that were in need of a savior. They may have, he came for those despised. He loved and reached out to those who didn't have it all together, like we talked last week about the lady caught in adultery who was ready to be stoned, and Jesus gives her freedom, and he gives her new life, and he gives her forgiveness. He came, right, for um, uh, opening the eyes of the blind and helping people who never heard be able to hear. He touched leopards. He came close to them, who the rest of the society said, don't go near them. Not only that, 
Not only that, but he walked on water, raised the dead, fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. He, he uh, the critics, uh, they didn't mind the validity of his miracles. They just wanted him to stop. Some of us. He has intersected our lives in the same way. For some of us, he has healed our marriage. For some of us, he's healed our bodies. Hopefully for all of us, he's healed our soul. And he freed us from our past. And he's given us this incredible future. He saw us for what we were. But then he acted on what he thought we could become in him today. So I heard of a guy this week when he was in college. He became addicted to alcohol. It took over his life to the point that he was just drunk all the time. On this one particular night, he went to a bar, drank, did what he typically did. He just drank all day long, came out of the bar, fell in the gutter, and passed out. His friends found him in the gutter, took him home. Uh, the next morning when he came to, he was having a bad hangover. They told him what happened. They told him that I found you in the gutter. And that day he realized that something about his life had to change. And so later that day, after he sobered up, he was driving in his car, flipping through radio stations. He came across this guy on the radio on a Christian station. Maybe you heard of him, Billy Graham. He came across Billy, and Billy did what he does at the end of every message. He plays just as I am. It's playing in the background. He invites people to come to Christ. And that day, he gives his life to Jesus Christ and seeks forgiveness, and everything changed. Today... He pastors a church that thousands of people come to. Amen? It is the ministry of Jesus Christ, you know, that we're talking about. Then I want, to, I want you just to consider the resurrection of Jesus. Let's go back in time. Jesus' ministry on earth is coming to an end. One of the main reasons he came was to pay the penalty for our sin and give us a free gift of his death on the cross to cover our sin. So last summer, I was at the ice cream place on Route 5, Bubaloo's. And so I was there. I saw a couple from town. I talked to them for a little bit, and then I went up to order. Heavenly moment. <laughs> Soft serve chocolate twist dipped in chocolate. The person who was waiting on me came. She handed me the cone. I held it up, and I said, it doesn't get better than this. And she said, she looked at me, she said, oh, yes, it does. That couple you were talking to paid for your ice cream cone, huh? I mean, that's a good day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a greater free gift. It's when we were dead in our sin and Jesus gave us this gift of eternal life, life that was free. Now, when he was on the cross, this is what took place. Are you ready for this? The creation mocked the creator. The creation mocked the creator. Their treatment was severe. They beat him beyond recognition, drove spikes in his wrists and in his ankles. They hung him on an instrument of torture called the cross. His last word, some of his last words were, Father, forgive him because they don't know what they're doing. And God did. And then the earth went dark. And then the earth shook and trembled. They took him off the cross, put him in a tomb, and they thought that they would never have to deal with him again. But 
three days later, angels show up, roll back the stone, and Jesus walks out, a resurrected Lord. See, he let him put him in the tomb to pay the penalty for our sin, but they couldn't keep him there. And that's the truth. Side note, Buddha and Confucius and Muhammad are still in the grave. Yeah, so Peter gives an explanation of what happened to Jesus. He said this. He said, this is to the religious leaders that took his life. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. We are witnesses of this. A witness is really critical because it can turn the case in a court of law, right? Uh, Spiritually, we have to consider what the eyewitnesses said that saw Jesus. Now, skeptics would love to disprove the resurrection. Uh, There were rumors going around that, uh, you know, the Roman soldiers late at night took the body of Jesus and kind of took it away. But, you know, the only problem with that is there's no body. Uh, Some said that the disciples, the 11 disciples went, stole Jesus' body from the tomb. And I thought, that's the best heist ever. That 11 uneducated men would be able to get Jesus out of the tomb without the Roman guard knowing about it. (laughs) That's not what happened. (laughs) No, 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 no. The God of the universe resurrected him. And when they went to find him that day, the tomb was empty because God had resurrected him from the dead. And I'll tell you this just about our own life. If he, if he has power over death, he can help us with anything in our life. True? Yeah, he can help us with anything. So, but not all the disciples believed. There was this one disciple, and maybe some of you have been nicknamed this because of how you approach God. <laughs> Doubting Thomas. Thomas, you know, they tell him he's alive and he's walking around the earth. And Thomas says, well, I don't believe. I don't believe until I see for himself. And then Jesus comes and appears to him and said, Thomas, go ahead if you need to, buddy. Touch my wounds. And Thomas looks back at him. You know what it says? It doesn't actually say in the scripture he ever touched him. I'll tell you what it does say. That he dropped to his knee and he said, my Lord, my God. You know what happened to Thomas after that? Church history tells us that he became a missionary to India. And so he's in India telling people about Jesus, and the authorities grab him one day, throw him in jail, and they walk up to him and say, we need you to deny Jesus. And he says, I will never deny him. And they ran him through with a spear. I mean, how ironic is this, that... Why would Thomas die for his faith when once he was a doubter? I'll tell you why. Because he saw the risen Christ. It changed everything. Listen, if you're trying to sort it out, it matters what you believe. All religions can't be right. So I say, focus on Jesus. Don't focus on Christians. Don't focus on the church. Don't focus on the pastor. Focus on Jesus. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. And finally, right, consider the eternal message of Jesus. I love how Paul puts it. He says this, right? He said, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who 
We are. Everyone. How are we made right with God? Not by being good, but keeping good. Not by buying our way into his favor, but keep giving to God. But by believing and putting our faith in Jesus, it says anyone could be made right. No matter how dark your life is, no matter how you've messed up, no matter how many sins that you have committed, regardless of where you came from or what you did, anyone, anyone, anytime can put their faith in Jesus and, it, and be made new. How are we made right with God? This is too simple. I'm sorry, it's too simple. By believing in Jesus. It's not Jesus plus baptism. It's not Jesus plus good deeds. It's not Jesus plus church membership. It's not Jesus plus money. It's Jesus plus nothing. In Jesus, we find forgiveness and peace, and we find eternal life today. And there lies the difference. So I put this chart together to contrast this kind of religion and relationship with Jesus. Religion is based on what I do. Relationship with Jesus is based on what Jesus has done. Religion is about me. Relationship is about Jesus. Religion, if I obey, God will love me. Relationship, because God loves me, I obey. And there's a difference. So he's on the cross, and he asked them to, God to forgive those who mocked him and crucified him. And then he says, like, the final three words. He says, it is finished. If you want forgiveness, death, his death made it available. If you want a fresh start, his death made it free. If you want to go to heaven, he is the free ticket to heaven by putting our faith in him. It wasn't because we are good. It was because of what God had done. Now, For some of us today, you may have walked in here thinking it doesn't matter what you believe. I just tell you, it does. For others, you've picked Christianity. Maybe up until this point, you thought that Christianity is a way, but maybe not the way. It's the way. There's still others. I pray with all my heart that God would just take this and apply it to your life today. I was uh, spending some time yesterday because uh, I spend a lot of time around Christians. I like you. I do. I like you. But it's like, how do I put myself in situations where there are people that don't believe in Jesus. Well, I figured out one way. It's what I call strategic consumerism. I go to the same hardware stores. Hello. And I get to know the people there. And I go to one of the local hardware stores and I pull up in the parking lot. And once you know it, there's a guy from our church there. You know, before that, you know, there's a contractor down the street Jay and our specialties and Jeff's a believer and I went in there and we talked for a minute about Jesus because he just encourages me. Plus he gave me a, a box of Titleist Pro V5s. Yeah, oh. And then I went to the hardware store and I was there's a guy from our church in the parking lot talking to a contractor and he's telling stories about his life and 
And he says, this is my pastor. He said, tell him my story. And I said, you mean the time we had a Christian comedian and you called me up to ask me if you could come with a six-pack to drink during the comedy show? He said, yeah, that story. And so we're just talking. I don't even know who this contractor is. And all of a sudden he goes, we need to pray. He said, Pastor, you want to pray or you want me to do it? I said, you do it. You're doing a good job. We go inside. There's a guy inside that he's, he looks at me and goes, he's this close to making a faith commitment. I mean, loud enough so the guy could hear him. And the guy goes, I'm this close to making a faith commitment. He said, I think we should pray for him. He said, you want to pray? I said, no, you go ahead. You're doing a good job. And then he kind of announces it. There's customers. Anybody need a prayer? This really happened. This lady goes, I need prayer. <laughs> and he, he comes over to her and quotes a book, a verse from the book of Philippians. And he's rough around the edges, trust me. You don't need stories about that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he loves Jesus. And he cares. He cares a lot about where his people are going to spend eternity. He does something about it. So that's my prayer. My prayer is that this, if this is your day, you would cross over the faith line. I put some next steps just tied on to the message. And one of them is to memorize Romans 3.22. And then how about this? Why don't you identify where you're at in your faith journey? Because all of us fall into one of these four categories. A, I already believe in Jesus. B, I'm believing for the first time today. Whoa! And then I'm considering believing. If that's you, you're considering believing. I say keep coming to this room on Sunday or keep staying online. And then uh, this group, right? I doubt I will ever believe. I just want to speak to you directly. It doesn't end well for you. Let me just say that. And I want to be one person standing in the way as a caution sign to say, don't go down that path. Put your faith in Jesus today. Amen? Amen. It's good to be in church, isn't it? So good to be in church today. I pray this has encouraged you. Uh, gathering with you every single week encourages me. And so I thank you. Right? I thank you for online. Father, I thank you for today. I pray that you'll just help us, Lord, as we process what we've heard. Help us, Lord, not only to, to uh, do a job where we make money or be a good neighbor. Help us to actually think about where people are at with you. In Jesus' name, amen.